Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for October 17th, 2006. I'm your host, Pete Werner, and I'm joined by our Orlando team, Bob Varley, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Now, this week, we're going to tell you what uh, the most popular news stories on the Diz were, including the story about the mouse orgy video out of Disneyland Paris that's been getting so much attention the last few days. We'll also discuss the new Finding Nemo attraction at the Living Seas Pavilion in Epcot, or what used to be the Living Seas Pavilion in Epcot. All that plus the latest clue in the Diz Unplugged scavenger hunt on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. And starting off this week with a look at what the top news stories for the week were on the Diz. Third most popular was uh, out of the Orange County Register and uh, regards the opening of Disney's new Vault 28 store at Downtown Disney in in Anaheim. This is a new upscale store that Disney is hoping will broaden the appeal of Downtown Disney beyond just tourists. I mean, they're certainly hoping to grab tourist money with this, but I think they're hoping to bring some people in from, from other areas as well. Um, and basically what they're doing is, you know, offering $60 t-shirts and $180 velvet track suit and a $540 chocolate cashmere throw. Oh, I'll take two of those. Yeah. Uh, Disney claims they've added the store out of guest demand for more upscale merchandise. Now, I, I just, I'm imagining people are probably not going into guest services saying, this stuff here is not expensive enough. Please bring more <laughs> expensive right. stuff in. <laughs> but you got to give Disney credit, though. They're, they do come up with some very creative reasons. For their decisions, their their sound bites are priceless. I thought the funny thing was that it was going to bring native Los Angeles, not Angel- Los Angelinos, Los Angelinos yeah. into downtown Disney to buy cashmere throws. <laughs> I, uh, well, I mean, you know, you never know. It's you never know. The shop is designed to look like a converted bank vault, which I think is oddly appropriate. Um, and that's where the vault in the name comes from. And the twenty-eight is a reference to nineteen twenty-eight, which is the year Mickey Mouse was born. Uh, the store offers clothes from several high-end designers, especially the ones that are popular with celebrities. And Disney has even launched its own line of high-end clothing for the store called Kingdom Couture. Ooh. Kingdom Couture. Yeah, $185 jeans. Hey, uh, Disney is considering other locations for the store, including Tokyo, Hong Kong, and Paris. Suspiciously, Orlando is not on that <laughs> list. We're not one of them. Huh? <laughs> oh, well. It's a little warm here for cashmere. Yeah. We have the outlets. Now, Disney, Disneyland also features in the second most popular story this week, which is from the New York Sun. And a New York woman, of course, uh, Maria Bedo- Bedoya, is seeking unspecified damages from Marriott after to her and her two sons were allegedly bitten by bedbugs at the Fairfield Inn in Anaheim, which is just outside the gates of Disneyland, right across the street, actually. Uh, now, the woman claims that she and her two sons awoke in their bed to find that they were covered with bites, some of them bleeding, Ooh. supposedly from be- from bed bugs. They did not say how much they were suing for, but this has been a, a, a problem. I've been hearing this a lot in the news lately, a lot of reports about bed bugs. So yeah, I it's think weird. It was, they, I, they all did, of a sudden. They disappeared for decades, and like all of a sudden they're back in a big way. You know what? It's, it's, it's in vogue now. The stories about the stories, bed bugs. Yeah, it's in Vogue, exactly. It, it's kind of like... Um, Are you reading Vogue? I am reading Vogue. It's kind of like a couple of months ago, if not a year or so ago, I remember it was the whole blacklight thing, 
Oh, yeah. Every news story is about going into hotel rooms with the black light. Yeah. Oh, and looking at the bedspread. Just something new to freak people out. Exactly. With. Now, I don't know if it's true or not. I did see the story on the news, and she was bitten bad. And oh. I don't know what bit her, and I don't know how she got it, but... Well, I mean, if she was, was bitten bad, and they had to go... I mean, apparently they had to go to the uh, the hospital, and they... Uh, are trying to get uh, Marriott to pay for the well Marriott is saying they did pay for their medical bills and the family is saying no you didn't so should be interesting to see where that goes uh, I'll tell you now if there's some kind of big settlement or some kind of big uh, big win against Marriott you're going to find every ho- major hotel chain boiling those uh, boiling those beds <laughs> after every use um, and the most popular story this week from Reuters uh, cast members at Disneyland Paris were caught simulating sex acts Uh-oh. while they were dressed as Disney characters. Sacre bleu. Yeah. And uh, the event was caught on what appears to have been a hidden camera. It's a 2 minute and 31 second clip that shows Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, Chip, Dale, and some freaky looking French snowman. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, really? No, it's really freaky looking snowman. I am And they're like, they're, they're grabbing, groping, and grinding with each other. Obviously, it's nothing explicit. Otherwise, it wouldn't be on YouTube. But I'm sure Disney isn't thrilled about the fact that this has made it onto YouTube and is very popular. A lot of people are seeing it. Now, all Disney has said so far is that uh, the cast members in question have been dealt with. Uh, I... I guess I don't know what that means. I mean, maybe they took him out behind the castle and shot him. <laughs> Duct tape to a pole. Guillotine. Something like that. They were beheaded. But uh, you know, and I, I, I've seen the video. I've seen the video. It's a, I'm, we're not going to post a link to it just because it's in poor taste. But uh, if you know, if you, you really want to see it out there, if you want to find it, it's 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 called Mouse Orgy. Um, <laughs> is the actual name of it, and uh, that's how you'll find it on YouTube. But, uh, you know, I, I watched it, and, I, of course, it's not, you know, what Disney characters ought to be doing. But, you know, I, I, tend to have a, I tend to have a pretty twisted sense of humor. I thought it was kind of funny. But the, the point being that YouTube has now created this medium by which anybody with a video camera can have what they shoot seen by hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, very, very quickly. And it's completely changed the dynamic of how companies like Disney... Uh, have to deal with with the internet with uh, people posting this stuff there's really not much they can do and this is certainly not the stuff I mean Disney's used to controlling their their news and what gets out about them that's that's the, the can't have that in the internet age anymore even the cameras I mean people can take a video out on your phone on your so cell phone you, exactly you the, might not even know they're doing it well that's it the proliferation of of, of cell phone video of cell phone pictures of it's YouTube. Incredible. It's just it's it's amazing. It you know they promised the internet was going to change the world and it has. So and I think this also speaks to something else we talked about before. I believe this was staged. I believe someone knew exactly what they were doing, and they were goofing around and they were having fun. But I think it goes back to Disney has become so big. It's hard to instill that sense of Disney tradition on people, and to get people in a different country to understand the the significance behind the characters and what they mean to the brand has deteriorated. And so they thought it was funny what they were doing. They didn't think it was harmful, but it's just because that's... Well, also, also I think it's important to keep in mind that attitudes towards sex in Europe are far different 
I mean, we're very puritanical in this country in terms of our approach towards anything having to deal with the, ter- the, the, the discussion of sex. Whereas, I think in Europe, they're just, not that they're, you know, necessarily inappropriate, but just their attitudes are different. They're a lot more relaxed about it. So, I think where in the United States, seeing something like that might be like, oh my God. But in Europe, I think maybe it's quite not as shocking. And so... Maybe I don't. I don't know that there was a lot of forethought. If this was planned, I don't. I don't know that it really represents that there was an awful lot of forethought as to what they were doing. I think they were just having some fun. That's assuming, of course, it was it was pre-planned and staged. And that'll do it for the news this week. And with that, we're going to turn it over to John Magi, who has some uh, some discounts to report on from Dreams Unlimited. John, what do you have? We've got a very good package discount um, just released from Disney. Uh, at the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida, we're looking at a five-night, six-day package, which includes five nights at a Disney Value Resort and a six-day Magic Your Way base ticket, traveling from November 1st through December 23rd, 2006. you got to book it by October 31, 2006. And you're looking at $369 per person, per adult. For double occupancy, and that's at a value resort. And that's at the value resort. Now there are other discounts available at other resorts. That's their lead-in rate, but I think it just goes to show that they might be having some uh, empty rooms there at Walt Disney World. I think it's a little bit slower uh, uh, this this season than they are hoping for. I've noticed when I've been in the parks, not nearly as busy uh, this this October as it has been in October's previous. And I think uh, I think it just stands to reason that you know, the same. The same thing that's keeping people off cruises right now, which is the fear of hurricanes, is the same thing keeping them away from Disney World. Yeah, our weather is great right now. Oh, the weather is incredible. We had a beautiful weekend. Oh, the weather this weekend, weekend was incredible. It was flawless. This is why we all moved here. So if you're, uh, if you're looking for a quote, a price quote for anything that falls into that date range, please contact Dreams Unlimited Travel. Um, also, this information is up on the Diz in the discount section. And how do they contact Dreams Unlimited Travel, John? You can go to www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Isn't that easy? It's very easy. And you click on our Get a Quote, and those are all no-obligation quotes. And in addition to that, uh, Disney Cruise Line just announced some really good discounts for uh, next year. We're looking at January through the end of middle of end of March of next year. Three-night, four-night, and the seven-night land-sea cruises. Again, we're probably looking at some empty ships. Um, for I'll give you an example of some pricing. Three-night cruises, four twenty-nine a person. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, four what night, category is that? Category 12. Category 12. So you have similar pricing in, in other categories as well. Four-night sailing, five thirty-nine a person. Seven night land seas, seven ninety nine a person. We went through our client list uh, to see if we can save our clients some money when this uh, discount came out, and we really found that if you booked early, you got a better price, and if you booked in our group space, you got a much better price. So, really? Yep, it's a good savings off of what's uh, the, the rack rate now. Why don't you explain a little bit about the Dreams Unlimited group space and how that works? What we do is uh, we hold blocks of rooms on certain Disney Cruise Line sailings uh, as soon as the pricing is released so that we're able to lock in the lowest pricing available. Disney Cruise Line pricing is based on tiers, and it's tier zero is the lowest price. We grab tier zero pricing. In addition to that, we have a group discount that's applied per state room, so that lowers the price as well. 
And because we lock in that price, the closer you get to sale date and the more full the ship becomes, the price will go up for anybody calling at that time. So you're able to lock in that much lower rate. And in addition, for being part of our group, everybody who travels in our group space gets a group amenity. And um, that can change based on the sailing, based on what Disney has available. But we're getting some really nice feedback that the group amenity has been going over very well. Now you're saying that the price of the group space that Dreams held back when for these three and four night cruises that they're trying to push in January, February, and March, that the price Dreams has is better than even their their distressed price. Yep, absolutely. This is be- this is tier. What we had was tier zero pricing plus an additional discount, and it was much better than the pricing Excellent. that came out now. So Excellent. We always try to encourage people, please book early, because that price is going to go up. As long as you're talking about discounts, if you book before December 2nd, there's some great discounts on Adventures by Disney Adventures for next year. The space is limited, and you do have to book by December 2nd of this year. Okay, I've got it narrowed down. I've got it narrowed down to two dates next year. I, I have to go do the Italy one that you did. I was talking to Walter. And we have to do it. You really do. I really, I got to be honest with you. I'm just being really honest. I don't want to spend that money. I mean, that's a lot. It just seems like a lot for vacation. But after hearing what you guys experienced. We, 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 I, gave, you the, we gave you the whole um, complete sort of breakdown of our, of our trip. And I know you're planning to get that out to everybody for a podcast. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, that will be out with, uh, with this show. We have... Uh, the long version of John and Kevin's trip with a lot more detail. But I want to also let people know there's a lot that we left out of that. There's a lot of extras that Disney provides. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not saying it didn't sound like it was worth it. I'm just saying I'm cheap. I got to tell you, Pete, you, every penny of it, and you know you're not cheaper than I am. No, 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 no one is. <laughs> you won't no be able one to is. do no. it for the well, same that's, price. That's, and, well, that's, I mean, that's a big reason why I'm doing it. Yeah. I mean, because you, you found such value in it, and I know if you did, then I probably would as well. But And I'm even cheaper than the two of you. Oh, I can't imagine anybody's cheaper than John. Oh, I put him to so shame. So tidy squeaks. So, to change the subject, yeah, if you book now, Pete, <laughs> you can get the early booking discount. <laughs> But, again, um, there's so much we left out. There's so many pluses that are a part of this group, a part of this uh, Adventures by Disney setup, that it makes it really worth the money. I know it seems like a lot. I know people are going out there and saying, this is a lot of money to spend. It is worth it. For those of you who are interested in finding out what pricing we're actually talking about, you can find a pricing calculator where you can uh, sort of figure out what your trip would cost on the Diz homepage. Now, I should also mention that the calculator, I believe Dreams Unlimited is the only one that has that. That's a Dreams Unlimited created thing. Instead of having to put in a quote and wait wait for it like you're going to have to do with everybody else, you can just go on and see exactly what it's going to cost you uh, through the Dreams Unlimited calculator. You can find that calculator along with links to all the discounts we talked about in today's show on the podcast main page at podcast.wdwinfo.com. Or, of course, you could go to dreamsunlimitedtravel.com as well. Can I just add that there's also a list of each itinerary for next year? No, you cannot add that. (laughs) Please? And there's also a frequently asked questions for each itinerary. And also, there's a frequently asked questions section for each itinerary. And while they're very similar, there are some differences between them. So make sure you check out the frequently asked questions for the itinerary that you're interested in. Okay, great. Also this week, a new attraction has opened at Epcot entitled The Seas 
with Nemo and friends. This is located where, I guess, where the Living Seas used to be. And John, Kevin, and Bob had a chance to check it out this week. What would you think of it, Bob? I thought it was good. I actually got to ride it nine times. Nine get, times. I, trying to get pictures for the website, I had to go on nine times. But the kids, you know, kids in line were enjoying the queue line and listening to them after they came off the ride. The kids had a good time. And, you know, it's a fun little ride, and the technology is amazing when you get to the aquarium part. You think it's better than the whole Seabase Alpha thing? Yes. Kevin, what did you think? I think I'm a... I, first of all, I thought the ride was charming. But I also am a bit of a purist, and I don't think that was the original intent of Epcot. And I think Seabase Alpha was great as it was. However, I think budget cuts stopped things from happening at Seabase Alpha. Like, for instance, the diver going up through that clear tube. Mm-hmm. That's been closed for years and years and years. Right. So I think if they had continued on with what the original attraction was set out to be, I think that was a little bit different. I think this ride belongs in MGM or the Magic Kingdom as opposed to Future World. So I think it's just, I don't, I, again, I think it's charming and I think they did a great job. And I do agree that the technology is great. It just, it's not a future ride attraction to me. It seems out of place. It seems out of place. And what's happened is it's become an advertisement for the movie Finding Nemo in a gift shop. John, you agree? Um, I agree a little bit with what Kevin said. I want to say that it's a terrific ride. I think that it harkens back to uh, some of the classic rides that we see in the Magic Kingdom, uh, Snow White and Peter Pan, uh, that level of detail and, and taking a new technology to create a new ride. I think that's fantastic. I think we have a basic problem beyond this being out of place in in Epcot in that the Living Seas was not interesting to people. And that's it because they stopped all the things that they originally set out to do. Well, I don't know if that's it or if that's because... That's just the way people are, and it's kind of like society today, not to get into a sociological discussion, but entertain me or else I'm not going to go there, and I don't think that the Living Seas was entertaining enough, and they needed to put in something that was more fun and more kid-oriented. More Disney. Yeah, especially for the kids, to get them over there. I mean, I was amazed at how many people were in the pavilion, mm-hmm. and the line for Turtle Talk was unbelievable. Now tell me, how does I, I haven't seen it yet. How does the ride differ now from what it was as the Living Seas slash Sea Base Alpha? What, what 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 changes have been made? In my opinion, it's completely different. It it is a um, different ride vehicle. It is a clam shell. You ride in a clam shell, and now the vehicle is turned sideways, so you're facing out um, again along the lines of. Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion, but Haunted Mansion was more of a straight ride. This is a looking at, almost like Horizons used to be. Oh, yeah. Or the Journey into Imagination. I miss Horizons. So you're facing outwards in your clamshell, um, and you follow the story of Nemo. And Nemo gets lost, and you have to try to help his father find Nemo and go through the whole storyline. However, instead of with... um, puppetry and sets and color the way many of the uh, Magic Kingdom rides are set up this is done with a lot of projection and the projections are extremely well done You, they look 3D and the payoff at the end I don't want to give anything away but 
everyone's talking about it, so it's not really a payoff. The payoff at the end is that the characters are projected into the tank at the Living Seas. So they're actually in there with the fish and the sharks wow. and everything. So it's really incredibly nice. done. So, yeah, I mean, seeing them projected in the tank is uh, an incredible effect. Again, it's not... I can see what Kevin's saying. It's not the educational premise that a lot of what Epcot was supposed to be. Right. It's in the future world. Right. right, yeah. I mean, that. I mean, again, I haven't seen it, so I have to reserve judgment, but I, I think that kind of makes... What you're saying, Kevin, kind of makes sense to me that, that it I don't think it's bad. I just think it's out of place. Right. It would be like Goofy's Mission Space. Yeah. I just think it wouldn't would make be, any sense. Exactly. It's just what it's done is you've taken something that was whether or not it was exciting. I'm not. I can't even debate that. I didn't go very often, so apparently it wasn't very exciting. No, really, but I think the premise was there for it to be exciting. And I think what they've done is they've put a Magic Kingdom attraction in Future World, and that's my only my only. Well, I mean, let's let's, let's also it. remember what the uh, what the impetus behind why Disney built the Living Seas in the first place. That was just to take a, rip a page out of a sea world's book and f- people figuring we saw manatees we saw this we saw that we don't need to go to sea world now that was the the impetus behind that but at least they did it within the framework of the mission of the park which was to be a, a sort of a world's fair it's and now the only future world attraction that has that real disney tie-in that real disney movie tie-in and i understand that figment has become a disney character however Figment was not a Disney character starting out. He was right. a new character that was introduced. Right. Disney and created him specifically yeah, for the some attraction. Some kids can relate to. I mean, exactly. Exactly. I don't, I don't think that the presence of a Disney character um, makes something or does it make something appropriate for Epcot. I think I see what you're saying, though, is that the idea of Epcot was supposed to be more of an educational area within the park. Education and, and fun. Education and fun. Yeah, edutainment. Right. And what you have, too, is, you know, think about it in general. What what has happened? They brought in Soaring. Well, Soaring's not educational. They brought they redid the Figment ride. They well, redid the I, imagination. I mean, remember, I mean, Epcot, since the day it opened, has been kryptonite for children. But that's the question. The question is, what do we want? Do we want a place where we can go and ride these cool rides and and bring kids and have them be entertained? Or do we want a place that's going to sit there and I think that's my biggest problem with this I don't think it's that cool I think it's charming but I, I it's sort of like Snow White scary adventure it's a dark ride mm. and I don't see this as much more than that except for the last 40 seconds of it and that's got a very cool wow factor look, look what they did again that's not going to impress a kid that's going to impress a kid's parents how do they do that but a kid who plays video games isn't going to be impressed with those characters swimming around the ocean you can watch that on your TV screen at home. I just don't think this has the wow factor of Soren or of Test Track when it first opened. I think this is a dark Well, ride. the wow factor with Test Track was that it was running yeah. I mean, when it first opened. Yeah. I mean, that, that people was, would actually be allowed on? That you could actually complete the ride. Yeah, that was the wow factor. It's working. I mean, it, we called that, I, 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 I dubbed that perpetual Test Track when it <laughs> Like a year after it opened, they still they still couldn't keep that ride up. Oh, it zipped around that track for a long time before they let humans on it. Yeah, I mean, but that just underscores the point. Epcot's had a real hard time. And it's, it's funny that I didn't come into this conversation expecting to take this appro- this this approach to this. I really thought it was a charming ride, but the more I think about it, the less I think it belongs there. I understand what you're saying. I really do. I think that I looked at it more of a standalone attraction, and I think as a standalone attraction, I think it's great. 
Can I add something while we're still in Epcot? I just wanted to mention that the segways, uh, you can try these for free at Interventions West um, for about one or two minutes. I'm just still wanna, scared of those damn things. Well, you can try them for free if you have any doubts about nah, it. I know I'm going to go flying. <laughs> I'm going to go flying. I'm not doing that unless I'm alone. Okay. We actually tried it on Castaway Key one time. When they first Disney first got them, You could it was like $15 for five minutes, and they would let you split it up. So John and I each did it for about oh, cool. three minutes each. It, it's difficult. You really have to give up your center of gravity to to make it work right. But it's mm. fun. You should try it. I'm gonna try it. Yeah, between one and seven, you can do this. So we have definitely some uh, some different opinions about uh, Finding Nemo, but you can go check it out for yourself over at Epcot. It is now open, and that'll bring us to the scavenger hunt clue for this week. For those who are not familiar with our ongoing contest, we are doing a scavenger hunt around our websites. And in previous podcasts, and those websites, of course, disboards.com, wdwinfo.com, and dreamsunlimitedtravel.com, we're giving clues out every week until November 7th. You have to go find the answers to those clues on any one of those sites or in one of our previous podcasts. And then on November 7th, after that clue, you'll get to submit all your answers to us at podcast at wdwinfo.com. And we will take from all the correct answers we receive one lucky winner to re- to win a four night cruise on board the Disney Wonder, and we're going to award that prize on November twenty first or November twenty first show. With that, we will go ahead and give you this week's challenge. This week a little bit harder. You're going to work a little bit more. First two were kind of simple. This one a little bit more involved, and this time we're taking a look at since the prize is a cruise we might as well uh, make you do some scavenger hunting uh, around disney cruise line so in a previous podcast kevin told us about his favorite shore excursion in grand cayman what was that excursion and how much would it cost for a family of four two adults and two children under the age of 10 to experience that excursion so I want to know what Kevin's favorite shore excursion in Grand Cayman is, as heard on a previous podcast, and how much would it cost for a family of four, two adults and two children under 10, to experience that shore excursion. Now, Kevin likes to travel in September. What dates in 2007 would Kevin have to choose from if he wanted to do his favorite shore excursion in Grand Cayman next September? And finally, Kevin likes to stay on the port side of the ship. He also loves Secret Deck 7. What is Secret Deck 7? And what stateroom number and category would put him directly next to Secret Deck 7? So those are your three challenges this week. Like I said, it's going to take a little bit more digging, a little bit more work. But uh, you can uh, certainly use dreamsunlimitedtravel.com, disboards.com, and one of our previous podcasts to find the answers to everything you need to, uh, to know to answer this week's, uh, this week's challenge. So good luck, everyone, and happy hunting. And that'll do it, folks, for this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. We're glad you joined us. We'll be back with you next Tuesday, as always. So enjoy your week, and thanks for listening.